All episodes of It's Great Business reflect the views and opinions of Intracoastal Marketing and Strategy Group and its guests and do not reflect the official policy or guidance of employers or government entities. You're listening to It's Great Business, sponsored by Intracoastal Marketing and Strategy Group, where great business equals great people. Welcome to another episode of It's Great Business, and I'm Janice Berg-Levy. Today, I have with me Erin Essemacher. Erin is a dear friend of mine who I've known for a lot of years, more years than I'm going to say. She is an award-winning media creative and C-suite executive with a track record of innovation and organizational transformation. Erin started her career as a filmmaker working with companies like Apple, Sony, The Gap, and creating documentaries and series for the Discovery Channel, the History Channel, Court TV, and PBS. Where I met Erin was actually when she was serving on the executive leadership team of the National Association of Corporate Directors. And she was most recently president and chief strategy officer. And I will add a role that she very much deserved considering how much she built up uh, NACD and their presence over the years, because I personally observe that. Most recently, she founded the media firm Feisty Aphrodite, which helps bring to life compelling stories about equity, justice, and what it means to be human. Oh, that just sounds amazing. I can't wait to hear. Through her consulting work, Erin works with companies to help support strategic transformation and effective corporate governance. She's also a frequent writer and speaker, and she's focused on reimagining capitalism and the evolving role of the board. Welcome, Erin. I am so excited to have you. Oh, thanks, Janice. I'm thrilled to be here. So, Erin, that's quite a resume, and I have always been impressed with you and your presence. But what I'd like to go into here a little bit for our listeners is to learn more about you and your purpose and what you're passionate about. So if you could share, that'd be great. Yeah, I think when I look at my life and my career, and you know, as, as you mentioned, it's been a little varied, but the, the through line for me and what really drives me is this idea of exploring kind of big, complicated, thorny topics that impact all of us, you know, whether that's in our personal lives, in our business lives, just you know, what it means to be alive and walking around on the planet at this time, you know, we're, we're all grappling with these big issues. And I'm really passionate about exploring those issues and about bringing together different voices and stories to help people make sense of those issues and, and to think about then how they take those insights and learnings and improve their lives, improve their businesses. Um, and so I'm really really passionate about the power of storytelling and the power of listening to other people's experiences is, is an important part of how we learn and, and grow and get better. Wow. So, so as you know, we have people listening in who are just starting out. Um, they may be in the middle of their careers. Certainly the last few years have been an upheaval where people are rethinking everything about their own lives um, or they're reinventing. So I'd love to hear more. I mean, we certainly shared a bit on your, from your bio um, about your career journey, but how, how did you get from, I guess, whatever you majored in, where you started to where you are now? 
Yeah, so I majored in, I went to the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, um, and I'm a third, third generation uh, Michigan Wolverine. My grandmother went there and my mother went there, um, and actually my mother dropped out of college um, to have me and then went back to school and finished her degree when I was younger, and, and watching her do that was um, certainly something that, that shaped and inspired me. Um, so I, I majored in political science, but I think this was the first inkling for me that, um, you know, I was going to want to take a more holistic look um, at things and a holistic approach to my career because it became clear to me pretty, um, pretty quickly in that while I was passionate about politics, it was really more about what that meant in terms of, you know, who we, what makes us tick as people, why we make the decisions we make. And so I ended up double majoring in political science and American culture because that context I felt like was so important to understanding mm. what was driving the politics, not the other way around. So um, that's what I majored in. Um, my mother was a, a video producer. And so I grew up around that and actually helping her out on set. Um, so I worked in politics for about a year. I worked for an organization called Emily's List. And it was a great experience, but it quickly, you know, became clear to me that I just kept coming back to the why behind what was driving people, right? You know, the why behind what makes us tick, what makes us make the decisions we make, um, what makes us, um, you know, yeah, make the choices we make and then what that means in terms of, of um, how we live and, and how we run our institutions. And so that brought me to filmmaking and, and storytelling. And so I worked as a media professional for um, just over a decade, um, doing all kinds of different types of storytelling. As you mentioned, some of it was for, for corporate clients and helping you know, them tell their stories in different and creative ways. And some of it was in independent filmmaking and um, you know, telling the stories of everyday people because I truly believe that there are when you, you know, we talk so much right now about how divided we are, polarized we are. And I, I still firmly believe that when you strip away a lot of the noise, there are very central common things about being human. And the more that you can get back to those things, the more you can find consensus, the more you can find common ground and the more you can build from there. So that was a big part of what drove, you know, my media career and I, I loved what I was doing. I was really um, excited about sort of what was next in that phase of my career. And then I had a, a year in um, 2010 that I, I uh, describe as one of those um, you make plans and God laughs kind of years where um, my mother uh, passed away suddenly. And six months later, I was diagnosed with cancer. And so oh. I, you know, this the, what the path that I had envisioned for myself that was laid out in front of me, you know, all of that just stopped. And I just focused on what I needed to do for myself and my family to heal in every sense of that word. Um, so I, after a year of, um, you know, settling my mom's estate, being with my sister who was pregnant with her first baby at the time and, and being there for the birth of my niece and then going through chemo and, and thankfully getting better and coming out on the other side of that in remission, which I'm incredibly grateful for. I um, got a call from a friend of mine who I had known from my time at the Discovery Channel and she had transitioned into executive education. And she said, you know, I have an opening here and I really need some help. You know, will you come, you know, support? It's, it's about um, 
designing events for this organization called the National Association of Corporate Directors. And I think you'd be great at this. And I said, you know, I'm always interested to, you know, explore new opportunities and hear more. I'm, I'm starting to get my feet back under me after not working for six months. It was the first time since I was 12 years old when I was going through chemo that I hadn't had a job. I just needed to kind of stop. Um, and so I said, you know, I'm really interested in this. I have to tell you, though, I don't know a whole lot about corporate governance. And she, this was the first moment where I really started to appreciate some of what we would consider to be softer skills as really critical skills for my career and for business. And what she said to me was, it's just like casting. You know, you, you need to understand who's my audience, what are they going to find interesting, and then how do I tell the story? And so that was sort of my entree into working at NACD. And it was really just a, a short-term contract job. I didn't intend to, <laughs> to, to for it to, to be the next um, step in my career. I intended to go back to filmmaking. But what I found quickly in that role is that it brought together, you know, a lot of, you know, what you talk about on the show, which are what are some of the core passions that drive you? And I think one of the things that I've learned through this process is that if you focus on what those passions are and what kind of impact you want to make, you can actually find lots of different ways um, to be fulfilled, uh -huh. to make a living, to, to find a way for those skill sets to have a home and that it doesn't have to look like one thing. So on paper, my resume looks a little um, improbable maybe, right? You know, going from being a filmmaker to, right. to working with boards and CEOs. But I think that what I quickly found and I think what drove my success in that role is coming back to this idea that people at the end of the day are people and you need to talk to them like people. You know, we, I, un, you know, I understood quickly, we're also talking about business leaders, right? So you need to understand how they're coming to the table, the perspective they have as board members and CEOs, and you need to start with that. But that the more that you can expand the lens and expand the conversation, people are curious. They want to learn. We're mm -hmm. all, you know, especially when you get to the point where you're serving on a board or you're running a company, most people are servant leaders and they want to do right by the company and their constituents. And so they want to have that understanding and to, to, to understand how to do that better. And so um, bringing that lens of how do I think about who's my audience and how do I think about the way in with them so that we can talk about issues in a new way that opens up other possibilities um, turned out to be a real strength and, and one so, that I didn't appreciate. Erin, there, there's something important that you said. I mean, there's a lot in, in that in terms of, you know, that part of your, your career journey. And, and I think the, there's a couple of things here. One, that you had someone who believed in you, even though, like, if you looked at, quote, a job description, you might not have ticked off all of those buckets, some of those buckets, who knows, right? You know, whatever those bullet points were that they had. And I think the, so they believe knowing you, and that's, I think one of the other themes that's coming out in this new world is that um, you have to look at the core person. I think the other thing was you listened to a voice in your head uh, and there was something about your passion and your interests because a lot of times we lose our way. We, we've talked on other, with other folks on this program uh, about you know, the importance of salary and money and all those things that, you know, yes, we all have to be able to support ourselves. But the question is, where does that fall in terms of your overall values? 
the people that you work with, because heaven knows you spend how much time in a day with these people uh, and what makes you genuinely happy or energized. So I think those are really important pieces when you talk about that story. And that's why I love it. And people will recognize the fact that I don't think there's a single person that we've had on this uh, on the series that hasn't moved around to some degree. They have texture because they're willing to try new things. And also because they have, there's something in that's driving them to really um, explore. Because as you said, we're here, we're all at the same, you know, the same, we all have the same journey, right? Uh, more or less, maybe we have different stops along the way, but yeah, so, so fabulous um, story. So I think that uh, when you look at how you define success perhaps now versus when you started out, what's different or what's the same? Yeah, I think, you know, you everything you said, I think is spot on. And it's what, I, you know, how I define success and what I think about as, you know, good leadership traits. Like I've, I think those are all one and the same to me, which is how I've defined success and how that shifted a little over the years is, is really about that idea of, do you feel like you're having an impact? You know, we all want to feel like we are, that we matter and that our efforts matter and that we can have some kind of an impact, whether that's in our families and our communities, and certainly with as much time as we spend at work in the workplace. And so to me, success really is, you know, did you change a person or a place or a thing, even in a small way for the better? You know, can you point to something that you, that is better off for you having been there and you having made the effort? I think that's number one. I think number two, you know, it, so much of it is about it. It's almost cliche at this point, but I think it's so important, to, as you said at the beginning of the of the show, if nothing else, you know, the pandemic has has really driven this home for a lot of folks, but you you have to be fulfilled and you have to be happy. It doesn't mean that every day has to be great. It doesn't mean you don't have tough days or frustrating things that happen, but in general, you have to feel like your work is giving you more than it's taking. I think mm -hmm. that's me important part of success. You know, I learned from going through cancer that, you know, our running joke was, you know, you realize all these cliches that exist, exist for a reason, right? Like life is short. <laughs> um, and really appreciating, you know, it was, I was 34 when I got sick and I'm honestly, it sounds like maybe a weird thing to say, but it was probably one of the biggest gifts I've been given to go through that experience at such a relatively young age, because it has really brought into sharp relief for me what matters and mm -hmm. so when I think of success you know before that I think it would have been much more driven by things like title and recognition and what I've learned um and certainly through the process of of being at NACD again you know on paper that was not a job given my resume that I you know was necessarily supposed to be good at but I think one of the things um, well, two things. You mentioned one of them. I think having the right mentors is important. There was my friend who brought me in, but then the CEO of NEC at the time, who's someone I, you and I both know, Janice Candeli, he really saw in me, probably even before I did, he saw the potential and he was willing to take a risk because he, 
you know, saw what I, you know, I had to, I had some track record at that point. I was doing some things that were working, but he also was somebody, and this goes to what, you know, speaks to what I see as, you know, great leadership qualities who was confident enough in his own abilities as a leader who didn't have his own ego tied up in it in the same way that he was able to get curious and say, Hey, huh, you don't necessarily fit this profile, but I see the ways that your, your skill sets are actually getting us to where we need to go. And he really took a chance on me. And I think that that sense of kind of having enough confidence in your own abilities that you can almost check your ego a little bit and just get curious and just think about, huh, what if we did things this way? I mean, that's the heart of, we talk a lot about innovation, right? And business part of innovation is the willingness to take risks, right? And to not be afraid to fail. And I think that that's something I've learned about both what I think is great is what success means. And what I think makes a great leader is having enough curiosity um, and courage to follow that curiosity um, and knowing that you are probably going to make some mistakes along the way and that that's okay. I think one of the things that's been really interesting to me to watch and I think is ironic and almost kind of like a great tragedy in a lot of cases is that folks are so worried about making a mistake. It's true in our personal lives and I've certainly seen this at scale in businesses. They're so worried about making a mistake that they play it safe or they're paralyzed. And the irony to me is that actually ends up being more dangerous than if you took a risk, even if you made the wrong choice, learned from it, you know, that try fast, fail fast, move on mentality. So I think that idea about having enough confidence in yourself and having the the courage to follow your curiosity, maybe the three C's are really at the heart of, of so much of what I think drives good leadership and drives success. So is there anything you would have done differently in your life's journey so far? Because you've certainly had a nice, you know, a nice road right now, up to now. So, so anything different? No, I, you know, I, I really look at everything as a learning experience. And so even the things that, you know, quote unquote, didn't work, or maybe were, you know, a failure, I, I wouldn't change them because I think all of it is, um, is just part of, you know, the, your journey in terms of understanding, you know, what you want to do, who you want to be, how you want to lead, how you want to show up. And so, no, I think the only thing I would put on that list is, and again, I go back to all of the, the powerful and important lessons that, that having cancer and losing my mom taught me, if anything, it would be spending more time with her. I think it's understanding, you know, we were close, we were very close, but I, you know, I think that, again, it sounds like a cliche, but cliches exist for a reason that you just, you don't know how much time you have and you don't know how much time you have with the people and, and the things that you love. And I think we don't, there's been more of a focus on things like mental health and self-care. And I applaud that times a hundred. I think that's so important, but it really is as much as possible, important to look at your life holistically and as much as you can keep a big picture in mind because, you know, all of the, we, we are so trained and there are so many messages that will constantly tell you to go, go, go and do the next thing and don't sit still and don't take time to savor. And, you know, it's not until something 
big and out of your hands happens. I think we've all learned that as a, as a society, frankly, you know, across the globe with COVID. Um, it's not until something big happens that you're reminded that ultimately there are actually very few things you have control over. And so the things that you, you do have in terms of thinking about what is your value set, what's important to you, and does how you're spending your time align with that, um, that's been really that's been something I think a lot about, especially since that year. And so that's probably the only thing I would change. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's some people who, you know, who, who basically go, yeah, like nothing because I didn't, it's hindsight is 2020. Right. Um, but yeah, we, we grow and we learn. So I'm going to, I'm going to transition here to a section we call fun facts and I'm going to start um, since, you know, you're, you were, you're in the biz um, in terms of film, etc. So I have to ask, because I'm dying to know, do you have a favorite movie, documentary, streaming show, any of those? Yeah. So to your point, it's a little bit like asking um, someone with a lot of children if they have a favorite. <laughs> they're, they're, I will say that um, of the shows that are streaming, the one that I just can't get enough of and just think is brilliant um, on so many levels is is the show Ted Lasso. I think that it just does such a great job of being funny and intriguing and and this really beautiful balance of being both sweet and kind of earnest, but also being deep, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I just, I just, I'm, you know, it's one of those shows that uh, people would kept asking me if I'd watch. And when I said, no, they're like, oh, Aaron, you of all people would love this. And they were right. It's uh, I just can't get enough. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many that to binge. I'll tell you. Yeah. It's been, in, it's been interesting. So how about a favorite city? One of my favorite cities kind of go to um, when I just want to reconnect and, and um, do all of my favorite things is Asheville, North Carolina. I love the mix of great food and art galleries. And it's just, um, there's just so much around there that I really enjoy. Um, so that's one of my favorite cities here in the U.S. And then in terms of, you know, where I've traveled abroad, I um, really fell in love with Barcelona. I, mm. I studied abroad in Spain when I was in college, and then I've had the opportunity to spend time in Barcelona several times since then. And I just, um, I can't get enough of it. It's enchanting. We were just talking about Barcelona. Um, in fact, we had a guest who uh, lives in Barcelona. So in a, in a prior. Yeah, yeah. Great city. I agree. And a favorite food. Um, so let's see. I could eat sushi basically every day and never get sick of it. Okay, great. Well, Erin, this has been wonderful, and I'm glad we were able to get together. How can listeners reach out to you? Do you have an email, website? Sure, yeah. So um, I do have a website focused on my consulting business. It's just erinessenmacher.com. And you can reach me there um, and find out more about the work I'm doing. Um, and also my personal email is erinessenmacher at gmail.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. Thanks for having me. And thank you everyone for listening. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Also, check us out on Facebook at Intracoastal Marketing, LinkedIn at Intracoastal Marketing and Strategy Group, and Instagram and Twitter at It's Great Business. And visit us on the web at intracoastalmarketingstrategy.com.